in at six feet tall, 215 pounds of bad wow. Helen from St. Louis, both by way of the Ohio State University in now Hollywood, California, the CEO of the world's most dangerous website, BSO. It's the headline game. Wow. Repeat after me. The Denver Nuggets are a very good basketball team. I repeat, the Denver Nuggets are a really good basketball team. I understand. And I'm going to explain it to you very clearly. The first thing that you need to understand of why the media acts the way that they do in regards to coverage of certain teams, certain players, certain uh, leagues. The reason why is that the media, sports media, is no longer about sports. You understand what I'm saying? It's no longer about sports. See, when most of us was growing up, ESPN, when you thought about ESPN, the first thing that you thought about was Sports Center. That was the very first thing that you thought about, Sports Center. And why did you think about Sports Center? Is because back then, that's where you got all of your highlights from. That's how you kept up with sports. That's how you learned who the players were. And don't get me wrong. Back, even back in the day, they gave maybe a few more minutes to certain teams than others. But the facts were, you got highlights from all sports all over the world and pretty much every team. So if it was a random July Tuesday night and you were a sports fan like me, you'd watch Sports Center and you'll learn about every major league baseball team and player on on in the league. If it was a random, you know, Wednesday afternoon in February, you get highlights from every single basketball game. So you learn about the basketball players all over the the country, college basketball, college football. You you got the highlights. That's why they call them highlights. So you you can have an understanding of who's playing and what's going on. Keep uh, aware of what's happening. At some point, things change. Because when you think about ESPN today in 2023, What's the first thing that most people think about? Probably first take. Probably hot takes. Sports is way down the line. So we look at their social media, their YouTube channel. You don't see. Here's the thing. Here's a good, good way of looking at it. Think about 
all the people that you know on ESPN, right? And then think about how many of those people are sports center anchors. Could you name four or five of the sports center anchors right now? You can. I remember I accidentally watched sports center the other night. I had no idea who these people were. <laughs> no idea. It's about entertainment these days. It's not about the game. It's about entertaining. It's about engagement. It's about going viral. It's, a, it's about being Jerry Springer, RIP. And I find this ironic. And I, the reason that I find this ironic is because being in the industry, like I've been in the industry for a very long time, the originators of this type of content was people like me. <laughs> It was the quote-unquote OG, you know, bloggers that had to find a niche that was outside of live content and highlights. So we were the originals that found the more interesting things to talk about that had nothing to do with on the court. And they stole it from us and bastardized it and made it mainstream. And that's why it's so corny right now. Like, the Denver Nuggets have a generational player. They have talented, interesting individuals, an interesting coach. It's not like Denver is in Nova Scotia or something. It's a pretty big city. But the media decides what is more sexy to them. What's a better hot take? Because, see, it's not interesting to a jabroni, a casual, to just get up there and say, well, why did the Lakers lose? Well, because they're not as good of a team. It's as simple as that. Jokic is better than AD. Jamal Murray can, can hang with the points and, and assists and everything with LeBron. They have people like Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter that are better role players than the people that the Lakers have. They play better defense. They have better chemistry. They clutch. They shoot better. And, and in, a, in a league that's make a miss by three, live and die by the three. Those are just the tangible reasons, just the basketball reasons. You don't have to be, you don't have to play basketball. You have to be in the NBA to just sit there and watch and say, this team is better. It looks, they look better. It's not that the Lakers weren't playing hard. They just, they just, they're better. They were better than Phoenix. The Phoenix had a guy on there that could score 72 guys that could score 50, 60 points. And to win two games, those guys needed to score almost 50 points each to beat Denver. Good team. That's it. It's nothing really. It's nothing really that you're like, oh wow, you know. I gotta make it. No, just a better team. But once again, media only cares about entertainment. You know, Skip Bayless has made millions of dollars off of LeBron James, and I'm not hating about that because I've made you know tens of hundreds of dollars off people. <laughs> so I'm not. I'm not hating. Don't get me wrong. But when you, just from a, just this is usually common sense, when you 
make millions of dollars off of somebody. You think just one day just going to stop? It's Stephen A. Smith has made millions of dollars off of being Stephen A. Smith. Why would he stop? Why would he even think about doing something different? <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? People say, well, why is it? Just, just think about this logic. It's like the Fast and the Furious franchise. Right? If they make, on average, you know, $750 million, a billion dollars off of, off a movie, and you know the movie is nonsensical, but every time it comes out, that's how much they make. Why would they change? Why would you mess with that? I think that's the part that people don't understand. Why would Nick Wright, who, you know, came from the bottom and has an irrational love for LeBron, why would he change? Why would Kendrick Perkins, someone who is not was not a great basketball player compared to his contemporaries, but who wants to be in media, who wants to be like uh, Charles Barkley. And, and uh, why wouldn't he do what he's doing? Why wouldn't he just say, he's the reason. It, it, it's crazy. You let someone like Kendrick Perkins, right? Cloud your mind. And thinking that people were racist against Joel and Bede. Because they gave Jokic, a man that's averaging a triple-double in some like 15 playoff games. I saw a stat where I think only two players, Oscar Robinson and Russell Westbrook, of course, have averaged a triple-double in the playoffs. And Oscar, the big O, did it in four games total. I think he must have got swept. And Russ did it in like five or six. So basically, they both lost in the first round. Jokic, a center, I might add you, so someone that is, you know, not not the primary ball handler, is averaging like a 30-point triple-double in like 15 games. And you had someone like Kendrick Perkins on television telling, acting like he was like that, he was stat padding. Not to mention at the time that he was saying this, the Nuggets were something like, had went on something like, they were like 25-0. and 0. Like the last times, the twenty-five, the last twenty-five times he had triple double, they won. They said he was stat padding. They said it was the only reason that he got it was he's white, even though he's Serbian. You know, he's not like your neighbor. I mean, he's from a totally different country. So you tell me, white American journalists are, are were discriminating against Joel Embiid for a Serbian center. And people believed it. They ran with it in the middle of this, in the middle of December, I might add, or whatever it was, December, January, where it was still half a season left. So it wasn't even uh, something that should even been discussed at that point. Then you had full. I think I, I don't know who it was. They come out and say, "Well, you know, Jokic wasn't picked high in the All Star game," as if the All Star game is a good indication of people who can actually play basketball. Yeah, an all-star game where, you know, we like to do alley-oops and go behind your back. It's, it's a, he's a sinner. Sinners don't go high in, in any type of all-star game. But, yeah, people telling you that that was it. And now, and now, this is the really part that, that's interesting to me. People are now like, oh, my goodness, I apologize. I wasn't familiar with your game, Jokic. But you make 
a million dollars talking about basketball on television for a living. It's your job <laughs> to know. This is not somebody that works at Best Buy. This is not somebody that works at KFC. Your job is to cover the National Basketball Association. This man has two, not one, two MVPs. And you're on TV saying, oh my goodness, I'm sorry. I wasn't familiar with your game. Are you kidding me? But this is where we're at right now. This is where we're at with media. They stole our style. But they're corny. They don't know what they're doing. But they get paid off of it because casuals or just people in general prefer drama. I learned that a long time ago. That's why I'm not poor right now. <laughs> okay? I learned that a long time ago. I tell people, I, the story has gotten old, as I've gotten old, it, it seems the story itself has gotten old. But for those of you that that don't know me, or maybe like this is the first time you ever heard me talk before, you know, I grew up wanting to be a sportscaster, a sports broadcaster, like, you know, Channel 5 News sports guy, like sports sports. You know, I went to school. I have a journalism degree. I know how to ask questions to people. I know how to interview people. I know how to get good answers out of people. I know how to write a story. I know how to write an editorial. I know how to do all of that stuff. Better than probably your favorite reporter, if I had to. But there came a point in time where the stats was very interesting. The stats... Sometimes, you know, they say stats a lot. Not in this case. The stats started saying, huh. You know, I wrote a thousand word piece here, you know, breaking down a game or breaking down a player or breaking down free agency or talking about the draft. Yeah, a few people read it. But, oh, man. I wrote also wrote a story over here about, you know, James Harden with seven strippers at the club and, 500,000 people <laughs> read that one. Hmm. Well, yeah, I get paid per view. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know, in this business, it's just like boxing. You pay per view. One has, one has 500,000. One has 10,000. And I get paid per view. What would make sense to talk about more? And that's why I'm not poor right now. <laughs> that's the exact reason that I'm not poor. That realization. And it's the same realization that mainstream media figured out at some point. Is that people, not, that's why they don't blame the, 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 the supplier, blame the user. At some point they figured out, you know, people engage more in negativity and randomness and wildness than they doing just cookie cutter this is exactly what happened they, once they figured that out they stole all of our content stole all of our ideas and they put it on the mainstream and that's why uh, people are getting rich and that's why a lot of the, uh, the websites are closing and not being able to sustain just for that reason so they get up there and people like Stephen A. and Skip and 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 
and Nick Wright and, and Colin Cowherd. And this is no hate to any of them, Shannon and, and all of them. It's no hate. You know, the, the idea right now is what can I say that is going to get people riled up, engaged, talking, mad, get me trending, get my clip going viral. And it's a it's a it's a circular type of situation because then you have the YouTube channels, you have the social media, the Instagram, the Twitter, the TikTok that need the viral content to fuel their content. So you have Twitter pages or Instagram pages that have no journalistic background, but all they're doing is just taking the information from the actual uh, people that are talking and doing it, making it a clip, making it into a nice uh, Instagram post, and then they're trying to monetize that themselves. So it's a, oh, it's a circular thing that's going on here. It's circular. Everybody's trying to eat off of it. So, of course, you're going <laughs> to... Well, I saw Brian Windhorst said it was the most impressive sweep that I've ever seen because, you know, it's the Lakers. And, and it's LeBron. And... That's more sexy. It's more sexy to talk about LeBron than to talk about how in the hell is Jokic averaging a 30, like 30, 14, and 15 or in the play, or whatever the hell. It's insane numbers. And also, let's just be honest. We have to be honest here, right? You, nobody, you don't care about no ratings. The only people that say, oh, the ratings are people that teams are already in Cancun. And I get it. If you are a Lakers fan, maybe you wouldn't want to watch the finals. <laughs> And California is a bigger state than uh, Colorado. So I get it. There's more diehard Celtics fans because there's nothing to do. You know, the reason you have a die. Yeah, I mean, if, I, if I lived in Miami, maybe, you know, I'm a Heat fan, but not like, yeah, I got South Beach. So I'm not like, you know, psychopathic with it <laughs> like the Cel- a Celtics fan. So, yeah. The ratings may go down because those particular fans of those particular teams don't want to watch in their big markets. That's just common sense. That has nothing to do with real basketball fans or people who actually enjoy watching sports. People who actually enjoy watching the two best teams, they, they don't care, you don't care about no rating. I just want to watch good ball. So, yeah, so half of California don't want to watch because there's no Warriors and no Lakers. All right. So, <laughs> there are going to be people that watch that are interested in it. Oh, there's no Knicks. There's no Celtics. Oh, well. So, people still want to watch Jimmy Butler. People still going to watch Jamal Murray and Jokic. Hell, I'm watching for Kevin Love. So, the only people that say anything about radio teams just lost. Your team's in Cancun. Listen, I want to go to Cancun too. Me and my family prefer Cabo, to be honest with you. I like Cabo. Good food. All inclusive. I got I got the platinum, so I get the upgrade. I I, do, I want to go to Cabo too, but I gotta go I gotta go cover. I go cover the event. Me and Daniel gotta go cover. I like to be in Cabo. So that's why. And I feel like most of you, and, and, and most of you already know this. And the thing is, I always say this about about Skip, like just, and this really goes for everybody, right? Like, 
Those people only exist if you interact with them. If Skip said something about LeBron and nobody like just ignored him, then he'll be out of a job in two weeks. The reason he's not out of a job is because he moves the needle. And it's not necessarily just a ratings needle. It's just the needle. Stephen A. Smith moves the needle. He says something, the needle gets moved. Okay, that's what Kendrick Perkins was trying to do. He just is bad at it. You know, he, that's all it is. Some people are just better at it than others. He's just bad at it. So consider that. Don't blame them. Don't blame Kendrick Perkins and the stupid catchphrases. Don't blame Nick Wright. Don't blame Skip Bayless. Don't blame Stephen A. Don't blame all of these people. Blame yourself. If you are indeed engaging with them, sharing their content, watching their shows, if you're doing that and you tell it and you're also saying that, you know, you hate it, you don't like that type of media, well, duh, you are the problem. Just wanted to give some quick insight on the Devin Haney, uh, Vasily Lomachenko fight. Um, most people had it Loma. I had it 7-5 Loma. I would say I think all of the media had it 7-5 Loma, 8-4 Loma, or draw. I think the only media person that had it for Devin Haney was uh, Mike Coppinger, uh, maybe Tim Bradley. Obviously, the fans in attendance uh, made their uh, voices heard. Uh, most of the boxers that were in attendance or watching um Thought Loma won in a, in a close fight. Uh, and then everybody screamed robbery. <laughs> um, I just want to point out a couple of things. Because let's be honest. In the immortal words of uh, Roger Mayweather, RIP. Uh, most people don't know shit about boxing. Uh, so first, the first thing that people need to understand is that. In boxing. You know, you and, and all really fighting sports. You know, you get scored per round, meaning the first round and the 12th round count exactly the same. And the part that I think messes with people is this is say there's one round, right? Where it's a back and forth round, it's close, and maybe like in the last 30 seconds, maybe somebody inches it out and you give them a round. It's 10 9. And then the next round, uh, one boxer just dominates. I mean, from opening bell to the end of the round. Well, here's the thing. That's also 10-9. So in those two rounds, you can say but between those two rounds, one guy just really just whooped his ass. But if the other guy won the other round, it's still 1-1. You know what I mean? Like if the first round was close and you gave it to, say, Haney, I'm just doing examples. I get to the actual scores in a minute. But in the second round, Loma whooped his ass, still 1-1, right? So that's how fights are scored, right? <laughs> round by round. And when there's close rounds, you can have some disagreement on that. And I think sometimes it's just the way people's brains work. Our brains work in a way that we remember the last thing that happened, right? Like today is right now it's about four o'clock, right? Now I did something at 10. And if I thought really, really hard about it, I'm sure I can figure it out, right? 
But I remember what I did, you know, an hour ago. And I think that's what happens sometimes in fights. And I think this is specifically what happened in the the Devin Haney Lomachenko fight is that for the first six, seven rounds, it was back and forth, right? Um I think I, I actually do I still have my card here? I think let me see after I have my card. Hold on. Here it is. I got my card right here. I put it in my notes. After after seven rounds, I had it four to three. Hey, okay. Now, a lot of people after six rounds had it even. After seven rounds had maybe Loma up one, had Haney up one. And then I gave Loma the next, you know, four rounds. And then I gave Haney the 12th and that's how I came to my, my seven to five, right? Now, the difference is, is that the Loma rounds that he, he won, specifically the 10th and 11th, they were dominant rounds. Like he really, he was the one that was pushing the pace. Haney looked tired. Haney uh, was visibly hurt a couple of times in the fight where Lomachenko didn't really seem hurt at all in the fight. And so in the person that is watching's mind, Loma was whooping his ass, right? Because that's the last thing they remember seeing. They, the last thing they remember seeing is Loma whipping his ass and Haney kind of holding on, trying to get to the end. But that's just three rounds out of a 12-round fight. So if you're a Haney fan, and or you uh, just a judge or just a person that caught it as you saw it, you know, maybe you gave Haney more of the early rounds. Um, you know, I, I thought, you know, the boxing is scored on, on clean and effective punching, ring generalship, uh, defense, um, and, and, you know, like that. But I've always remember the way that some of the greats talked about how they score uh, around. And some of the greats say the way that they score around is at the end of the round, who would you have rather been? And that's how you can kind of get into it with punch stats or something. Because if a guy hits you with five jabs in a row, and you hit him with one big right hand that got his ass wobbling around the ring, do you credit more to five jabs that didn't really do anything or the fact that he you got hurt with a one punch? And, you know, that's, that's maybe something that should be cleared up as far as judging. But in the interim, you know, people said it was a robbery. Now, robbery... If we want to really talk about it's it's all semantics. That's what I'm trying to get to. Is that I think a robbery to some people is simply is I saw it as a clear win for someone and they lost. Okay, I think for that's what some people considered a robbery, right? Uh, others like myself consider a robbery when a there's something very unusual about the scorecards. Right, <laughs> where it's something just cannot be debated, and then you're like, "Well, wait a minute." I mean, you, you watch a fight and a guy like you know it's a ten round fight and the guy dominates for like seven of the the ten rounds, and then you see a scorecard where they give the other guy seven rounds. You're like, well, "That doesn't make sense." Like, wait a minute, this must be a robbery. 
you know, I think the proper word when it's a fight that's controversial, and it appears to be a clear winner, you said a consensus, uh, but the scorecards are, are go the other way. It's disputed, a disputed victory, controversial disputed victory. Um, the only real point of contention with the scorecards were there was a 116-112 scorecard for Dave Moretti, and he gave the 10th round to Haney when that was clearly uh, a low morale. But here's the issue with that, besides the fact that Dave Moretti should be investigated for the 10-10 round that he gave Ryan Garcia after he got knocked on his ass with Ryan uh, Tate Davis. The, the real issue is this. It's um, even if he scored that properly for uh, Loma, uh, it still would have been 115, 113 across the board. Uh, Loma needed, he said he took his foot off the gas in the 12th because he thought he had it in hand, and that's always a dumb thing to do. But unfortunately, with boxing, one of the things about it is, is, is when you have that consensus, that somebody got robbed, it's not good for the business. The business is not, that's not a good thing for business. So, robbery, no. Disputed, absolutely controversial, yes. I saw a few people that had it the other way for Haney. When you're, here's the thing, when you're talking 7-5 and 115, 113, I mean, you're really talking one, two rounds. Either way. Yeah, you're talking one or two rounds. You're talking one round from a draw, two rounds from it being flipped the other way. And there were certainly uh, rounds at the beginning. I would say there were certainly two rounds if you if you rewatch the fight. You can find, you're probably probably about four to five rounds that you could have, depending on how you looked at it, what angle you was looking at it, replay, slow motion, and live, you could be like, yeah, that could go either way. And Haney got the benefit of the doubt for that. Now, why he got the benefit of the doubt? Is it because he's the champion? Is it because he's the home fighter? Is he American? Hey, I don't know. But in those rounds that were close, uh, he did get the advantage, and, and that's the reason that he won the fight. But, you know, sometimes you, a win is a win, but in I think in boxing sometimes, you know, a win is a loss. <laughs> Like, he won, but he didn't do anything to help his public perception. It's not his fault. He's not a judge, I might point out. But his public perception is still not... He didn't really get, he didn't gain the respect that you should gain for beating someone like Lomachenko. There are still question marks about him. Uh, I can definitely tell by the way the ESPN guys were talking. They're not going to put him in their pound-for-pound pound, uh, list. Uh, it's one of the problems where you don't have a lot of power and you can't win, you're not winning fights, you know, 10-2, you know, 9-3, you know, really convincingly that, you know, you just, you're winning, but you're, you're not really making an impression. So that's a little boxing a lesson for you. I appreciate you listening. 
Be sure to subscribe to Headlines with Robin Littow on all of your podcasting networks. Check out the site, blacksportsonline.com, for all the topics that we talked about today. You can follow me on Twitter at BSO, Instagram, and YouTube, BSOTV. You can check me out on TikTok, Robin Littow, BSO, and be sure to like our Facebook page, Black Sports Online. And for all of you that's been rocking with me for almost 20 years now, we're Dollar Nares for life.